her and said, you have to, you have to preach after this. And so true. Uh, the message in music, and I'm thankful for our music ministry and those that are part of it. Uh, there is so much truth uh, that we can get uh, and that we do get uh, and worship out of our music, and I'm thankful for that. So as we continue our, uh, our ministry, uh, our missions month and uh, the emphasis, missions emphasis month, uh, I don't think we could uh, go through that uh, uh, this month without spending some time here in the book of Acts. Uh, the book of Acts is a, a time where you see the church and it is a success story. It is the church just being catapulted. The Lord started his church, he commissions his church, and now he empowers his church to accomplish something great, and they do. And what a blessing that that is. And so as we think about that, uh, I know in my life there have been times where I have found myself on empty. I found myself out of energy. Have you ever had one of those days where you had so much to accomplish, you had texts to, to send out, you had uh, emails to write, you had, uh, you had appointments to make, calls to make, appointments to keep, and all of a sudden you look down at your phone and you get this type of uh, alert. Go ahead, Bay. There we go. Anybody ever seen something like that? Low battery. And with that, we find ourselves in a spot where we don't feel like we can go on. You know, if we are going to not operate on empty, we've got to get plugged in. And when it comes to the Christian life and the Christian, we do not have the wherewithal to do the work of God in our own strength. When people tell me I'm getting burned out, that's real, but it really happens because we're not plugged in. If we, get, if we get burned out serving the Lord, it's because we are serving the Lord in our own strength. Yep. Well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I work a bus route or I teach a class or uh, this, that, or the other and, and I'm doing so much. You know what happens when we are not doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit? We get drained. We get drained. And the Lord here, as he commissions his church, as he communicates the mission to these believers, he does not expect them to do it on their own. He doesn't expect them to do the work of God and the power of the flesh. He has a plan. Isn't it wonderful we have a God who has a plan? 
He has a plan. He has a plan on how our life should be lived. He's given us it right here. He's given us a plan. He has given us a recipe. I just talked to somebody earlier today that they're telling me about this recipe they have for chili, uh, for the chili cook-off. And uh, with that, I hope we have chili tonight uh, for the chili cook-off. So if you haven't signed up, make some chili and bring it tonight. Uh, But regardless, uh, there's recipes. And with that recipe, there uh, there is a plan that you can follow that will bring about a successful end. I do not like recipes that come from, what's it? Pinterest, yes. Pinterest. I, my wife, she gets bored with food. She always has to have something new to make for me. Just give me some potatoes, give me some meat. I'm all good. It can be the same thing over and over again, and I'm all right with that. But that doesn't work. She wants something new, a new recipe, and she works hard to get them. And then she looks at me and is like, it's all right. (laughs) Oh, this recipe, you like everything that's in this recipe. It's going to be so good. And she makes it and she says, "Uh, this lady said this was her husband's favorite meal and she'll make it. And I'm like, if this is his favorite meal, she is a terrible cook. Uh, If this is all she's got to offer, that's not much. Uh, And so, uh, but anyway, there's recipes that that can bring about uh, something that you can repeat. Uh, And God has given us a recipe of life, but he has also given us a recipe of service. Not just how we are to live, but also how we're to perform. He's given us a recipe on how we can live out the Christian life because the reality is nobody can live the Christian life. It's impossible. It's impossible. The only person that can live the Christian life was Christ because the Christian life is perfection. Can anybody live perfection? No. We fail over and over and over again. There, it was never God's plan for you and I to live a perfect life, to live out that Christian life. Uh, God's plan is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul said it this way. He said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Galatians It says in uh, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. You know, if I am crucified with Christ, then I'm dead. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. See, the Christian life, if we are going to live the Christian life, it is not us just trying to do a whole bunch of do's and not do, a whole bunch of thou shalt nots, and uh, so the thou shalts and thou shalt nots. If we, if we get caught up in that, we're going to get burned out because we can't succeed. We can't keep everything because we have a sin nature. We have a fallen nature. But if I am dead, I am crucified with Christ. 
then he can work in me and through me. And that's what God's plan is for our life. As I think about the church, and I think about the church has not always been triumphant. We look at the book of Acts and we see the church triumphant. It was, it was just success. We see this church and uh, the explosion of the church and how people, uh, they turn the world upside down, the Bible says. Not just them saying it, uh, it was what God recorded. And so, uh, but the church has not always been triumphant. We, we look at America today, uh, and over 450 churches a month are closing in America. Unbelievable. Now, that's not everywhere. Praise the Lord. That's not every church. But not every church is experiencing the blessings of God. Not every church is growing. Not every church is seeing fruit. And so uh, the church has not always been uh, triumphant. We've had times in history where the church has gone underground. Why? Because of darkness. Uh, and we, you remove light from a society and that society uh, uh, darkness pervades. It, uh, it just continues to grow. Uh, but uh, but when, you, when that light uh, is there and the light is lived in a community, what do we find? We find that the light, it, it, uh, uh, it, uh, uh, it, it exposes uh, darkness, it exposes uh, evil, and it has then an opportunity to be able to impact uh, the world around. And that's what the Lord wants for this world. He has a plan for us. And after the Lord left uh, and he had appeared to the disciples and he gave the great commission, uh, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To every creature. He's talking to 11 men. He gave them a job that was bigger than what they could do. But it wasn't bigger than what God could do. And so I want to look at our text this morning, uh, John, or Acts chapter number 1. And let's look at uh, verse number 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he saith unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And so the Lord is about to depart from his people. Uh, he is once again, giving them instruction to wait, to go to Jerusalem, to wait there. Uh, they are in Jerusalem now. And they're they're going to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we see uh, the promise of power. And that's the title of the message this morning, The Promise of Power. 
the promise of power. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your people gathering. And now, Lord, as we uh, look into the scripture, I do pray that each of us, myself included, we would be challenged uh, to be uh, the believer you'd want us to be. Help us uh, to receive the power of the Holy Spirit of God in our own personal life. And may you use us to accomplish your will uh, in our lives. So bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. We think about the uh, promise of power. Uh, and as the Lord here is communicating to uh, his disciples, his followers, uh, he finds that there is a distraction that shows up immediately. Uh, Jesus is, con- uh, he is conducting the first missions conference. Uh, and the disciples uh, come back with him, and they want to talk about a prophecy conference. Look at it again. Uh, He says in verse number uh, four, he says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. And so he's talking about being baptized of the Holy Ghost being in verse number five. But when they were come together, they asked him, Lord, wilt thou again restore, at this time, restore the kingdom to Israel? Uh, why is it that we have such a problem of dealing with what we, are, we have right now? We're always looking to the future. And here the Lord is trying to get them uh, to, to grab a hold of this mission and the way that they are going to be able to accomplish the mission is not in their own power. It is going to be in the power of the Holy Ghost and they aren't looking to uh, even hear about the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, they're wanting to already start to look to prophecy of what the end times are, are going to bring. Uh, and so uh, they, they, they said, Lord, well, without this, at this time, restore again the kingdom to Israel. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. Tonight's message is entitled Times and Seasons. And so you'll want to be back for that. Uh, But here I want you to see several things uh, about this mission that the Lord has given uh, to his people. Number one, uh, if we are going to uh, have the power and receive the power, uh, the promise of power, number one, we have to recognize the presence of Jesus in our life. We've got to recognize the presence of Jesus in our life. Go back to Acts chapter 1, verse number 1. The Bible says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. All right, now, Jesus has already, uh, he has already lived. He has uh, been crucified. He has risen again. Uh, And here, Luke is referring back to the gospel of Luke. And he is saying uh, to remind them of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. And let me tell you, he's still doing. Amen. And he's still teaching. Amen. He's still working. We have a God who is alive. He is not dead. And if he is alive and well, uh, he is still accomplishing. He began both to do and to teach. He didn't finish it. He isn't done with all of that. He is still working of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Uh, These processes are continuing. 
These processes are supposed to be continuing, but they're supposed to be continuing in our life. The Lord's working is supposed to continue in our life. It's not just supposed to have happened with the disciples, with the apostles, and now uh, we are just uh, left here to deal with uh, looking back on a historical event. No, we are to experience what God has done. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, if you would. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And I want you to follow along with me here. In Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But he goes down in verse number 10, and I want you to see, after that salvation, after we receive Christ as our Savior, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Uh, You see, uh, we've got to recognize uh, the working, the presence of Jesus in our life. Uh, he He is working in my life. I am his workmanship. He is desiring to work in my life. He is desiring to work in your life. If you are saved this morning, the Holy Spirit of God uh, dwells within the believer. And as he dwells within the believer, uh, we know that he is working uh, and he is working in our life. Jesus began both to do and to teach. Uh, And someone said the Christian life is not difficult. The Christian life is impossible. And we we talked about that uh, just a moment ago. Uh, but, but with that, Philippians 2 and verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's the Lord's plan for him to be working in our life. If I am going to, if I am going to be a vessel that God can use, if I am going to be a part of this mission uh, that he has set me down here to accomplish, uh, then he is working in my life. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. John 15, 5, uh, Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me uh, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me ye can do nothing. And so so here we see that we need to recognize the presence of Jesus in my life. Do I go through my whole week and not recognize Jesus? Wouldn't that be sad? Wouldn't it be sad if if I did not spend any time talking to him? If I didn't spend any time sharing him with others. Uh, and so uh, the, the presence of Jesus, uh, he is the only one uh, that can, can bring about that mission in our life. He is the one that is working. We've got to recognize his presence in our life. Number two, recognize or receive Jesus' promise. Receive Jesus' promise. Now, what was that promise? Verse number four of Acts 1, he says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the, what's that next word? Promise. The promise of the Father. 
Uh, and and he, he goes on in verse number eight, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You know, that, that promise this promise of the Father, uh, this promise, Jesus has made a promise to us, uh, and it was from the Father that he was going to send uh, the Spirit. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has already taken place uh, in, uh, in our tense. We go into Acts chapter number two, and we have the day of Pentecost. We have the Holy Spirit coming as a rushing mighty wind, that baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we won't find any believer being commanded to be baptized uh, with the Holy Spirit. New Testament, you don't find that. But what we do find is we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Now, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit moved in to live. The Bible tells us, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So when a person gets saved, the Holy Spirit moves in. But if we are full of us, we are not full of him. Amen. And there are saved people who are who are in. They, they have the Holy Spirit indwelling them because they are saved, but they are not filled. Now, being filled with the Spirit is not a bunch of gibberish. Being filled with the Spirit is having the Spirit of God controlling us to accomplish His work. And he wants to fill us. Uh, Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, this filling is not a filling, then losing, and then filling and losing. It's not like your gas tank. Now, I can put fuel in my truck, and it doesn't last. Anybody else have the same problem? When I got saved, the Holy Spirit moved in. He never leaves. He's in you if you're a child of God. But whether or not I am filled with me determines how much room I give God in my life. You know, we can fill our life with everything that doesn't include God. How many people have have accepted Christ as their Savior and served the Lord and then got away. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's other relationships. And, they, and all of a sudden now, uh, they get away from the Lord. Uh, COVID has done that all across the world. Uh, we have seen people who are serving the Lord. Uh, now, uh, they are completely out of church. They don't serve the Lord at all. What has happened? Did they lose their salvation? No. Uh, he gives unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Uh, so salvation is eternal. But what has happened is now that they, uh, they got out of church, uh, they, they then filled their life with so many other things. And they don't have time for God now. Now, 
Here, what we see is, we see that the promise, there was a promise uh, that was made, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. What do we find here? We find that this promise was given, but this it was not accepted by everyone. Uh, just because someone has has made a uh, has made an offer does not mean that the others have received it. Uh, and here we need to receive Jesus's promise. Uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has come, uh, but now that filling is there for us. Uh, and so the filling of the Holy Spirit is the yielding of self, uh, the less of self, and allowing more of him, uh, God, uh, the, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse number 23, it says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Uh, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And when we, we worship, uh, we worship not three gods, we worship one God. And God is a spirit. Uh, we go to uh, uh, John chapter 14 and verse number 18. The Bible says, I will not leave you comfortless. Who is speaking? The Lord Jesus is speaking. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. Uh, and then he says, I will come to you. Who is he talking about when he says, I will not leave you comfortless? The Holy Spirit. But what is that punctuation mark? It's a colon. It is further explaining what he has just stated. And so now when he says, uh, he says, I will not uh, leave you comfortless, he says, I will come to you. Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, all three are one. And so interchangeable. Uh, and so he was talking about the Holy Spirit, but he included himself. Uh, so I need uh, the Holy Spirit. I need uh, God's Spirit to work in me. I need his power to enlighten me. I need his power to enable me. I need his power to empower me. I need his power to encourage me. Uh, but here, the Holy Spirit, he was, there was a promise given. There was a promise given that the Holy Spirit was going to come. And the promise was that he was going to give power. So we see that we need to recognize the presence of Jesus in our life. We need to receive Jesus' promise, but we need to respond to Jesus' program. We need to respond to Jesus' program. Now, what is that? Verse number eight. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Uh, what is this? Uh, it is to be a witness. You and I, the power of the Holy Spirit is given so we can be a witness. That means that we're supposed to testify that means that we are supposed to tell what we have seen. Now, if you're saved here this morning, you got saved because by faith, 
you understood that there was a Savior, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to pay for the sins of the world. He died on the cross. He was buried. Three days later, he gloriously rose again. And because of that, and because of what he has done, he has paid my sin debt. And if you're saved, he paid your sin debt. And by faith, you accepted that and said, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I'm going to trust you uh, for my forgiveness of sin. I'm going to trust what you did on the cross. Uh, you died for me. Uh, you paid my salvation. And, and, uh, and I am going to accept you. But as many as received him, the Bible says, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his, James, uh, on his name, John 1, 12. Uh, and we, we see that anybody that's saved, uh, they're going to be in heaven because they've received Christ as their Savior. That's what it takes to get saved. Now, that's what you're to be a witness of. That's what we're to testify of. We're to tell other people about what he has done in my life. Now, if you're saved this morning, he has done a whole lot more than just forgiving your sin. What a wonderful Savior it is that we serve. You know, we should be going around just bragging on God. We should be telling other people how good God is. Sometimes I'll be talking to somebody. Uh, I'll be down at the sheriff's department or uh, the, the jail and talking to someone, and they'll tell me something going uh, on in their life, and I'll say, well, praise the Lord. And they just sort of look at me like, uh, what do I say now? Uh, because if they're not a believer, that's not something that is a natural response. For me, when I hear about how uh, just good things that are happening, I know that everything that good happens because God is good. It rains on the just and the unjust. Uh, God is good to you whether you're saved or you're lost. God is good because God is good. Uh, and so here we need to respond to Jesus' program. Uh, uh, the, uh, we are to witness, we're to share the goodness of God uh, with the world around us. Share the message uh, of Jesus to a world that's without hope. We think about all that's going on around us. Shootings in Maine, school shootings that take place, suicides, there's wars, rumors of wars, all that's going on over in Israel and uh, the, the situation that's there. Uh, but but we, well, you know what the world needs? The world needs Jesus. You know what this community needs? They need Jesus. They need Jesus. It's not Bible Baptist Church that they need. It's not more religion that they need. It is not just political change or a political atmosphere change. It's not just American ideals that this world needs. This, this world needs Christ. That's what the plan is. The plan, the plan isn't to build Bible Baptist Church. You're looking at me, Pastor, what are you talking about? That's not the mission. The mission is to share the good news of the gospel, to see people saved. 
But you know what? When you see people saved and you see uh, people discipled, which is part of God's plan, uh, what do we find? Uh, The ministry will grow. The outreach will grow. Uh, Why? Because you're going to be influencing people. Uh, But Jesus is the answer. He is what we need. Jesus brings love. Jesus brings hope. Jesus brings life. Thirty first is coming, Halloween. Celebration of death. They say now that Halloween is the the most money is spent on Halloween decorations than any other decor. You know, we live in a world where darkness pervades everywhere. Everywhere. You know what do you know what the people in this world need? They just need light. They need, they need the Lord. The Bible tells us uh, the, Lord, the Lord not only brings love, hope, and peace, He removes hate and bitterness and darkness. You know, God has a plan for us to represent Him, but it's not in our own strength. It's in the Holy Spirit. Say, Pastor, I can't witness to anybody. I can't tell anybody about Jesus. I'm too too bashful. Well, it's a good thing that you're not the one that's supposed to be doing it. You're supposed to be crucified with Christ. You're supposed to let Jesus use your lips. And the Holy Spirit empower you. You know what we'll find out? We'll find out that we can be a a witness. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. And notice both. Now, when we say both, we think of two. But both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Three-fourths of that is home. Home missions. Your city, Jerusalem. Your state, Judea. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the country. And then fourthly is the uttermost part of the earth. You know, 75% of the emphasis of the church should be at home. But that can't happen if all we do is put an offering in the plate for somebody else to go. That means that we've got to be busy. We've got to be engaged. And the Lord will use us. The promise of power. Bible says in John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life that they might have it more abundantly. The Lord has an abundant life for everyone who will receive him. People will be blessed when they accept Christ. 
And how are they going to hear if we're not witnesses? We have got to be the witness that the Lord wants us to be. And if we're going to be that witness, we need the Holy Spirit of God to empower us to accomplish that job. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for opportunities to be able to represent you down here on this earth. And now I pray that each and every one of us uh, that are saved this morning uh, would yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God. We would die to self and allow you uh, to work through us, to help us, uh, to represent you uh, to these that are around us. And so I pray that you'd bless, uh, help us to be that witness, that light in this community. Uh, but then, Lord, uh, if there's, there are those that do not know you this morning, I pray today that they would put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Heads bowed, eyes closed.